What's happening, everybody, and welcome to this latest episode of the Endless Celtics podcast. Uh, switching things up a wee bit today, you may have already noticed uh, that Stephen's not hosting. Uh, he's actually joining us as the co-host today. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm fine, buddy. Now that someone else is hosting, I'm going to take a back seat now. Well, and does give me opinions like you get, you guys do every week, so I'm looking forward to that. You do that anyway, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're also joined today by uh, other show regulars, uh, Franny and William. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, all good, John. All Very good. well, mate. I'm kind of here for the Barcast fan club and Stephen and Franny. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be interested. I'll de- these, these, these questions are definitely coming, but I'm glad to have you <laughs> boys back on. Um, so we'll start things off, obviously, uh, as we all know now, at this point, a couple of days ago, um, we faced uh, Mitchell in our first leg of the, the European Cup qualifiers. So... Um, the game finished 1-1. Um, by and large, for myself anyway, I thought it was an impressive performance. I thought we played really well. But I just want to come to you first. Uh, and Stephen, I'll give you the honour, seeing as you're here as a co-host today. Um, what, what, what was your thoughts on the game? Well, I think like everybody before the game leading up to it were a bit pessimistic about what was going to happen. I mean, we all thought the worst, especially with the kind of kind of stature and the kind of squad that we had going into the, the game. But I have to say, when it started... 20 minutes it took us to get into the game. I thought we were a bit ropey, 15 to 20 minutes in, and then we started to take the foothold in the game. We were pressing. We've seen Postacoglu's style coming from the pre-season games anyway, where the team was on the, the, the front foot, going, going for the neck, and we were playing most of the game, coming up to the sending of, obviously, with Beton in their half, which was quite pleasing to see. And the goal itself from Lila Bada, I mean, it's just fantastic to see way players getting into the box and following up opportunities that were missed. Ryan Christie had a brilliant shot. The keeper parried it and he fouled in. Just good instinct to get that goal. And I was quite pleased seeing him. He was a bright spark in the game. Obviously, he got took off with the sending off that beat Tom received. But we'll come on to that later in the show. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that anyway. But it's just, I mean, the game itself, it petered out, obviously, in the second half. But we were both down to 10 men and it kind of petered out towards the end. I think fitness came into it as well. But all in all, it was a good game, John, to be fair, I have to, I have to say. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, like you mentioned, it was the... The first 20 minutes was maybe a wee bit shaky. Uh, obviously, players try to find their feet uh, and get control on the game. I think uh, Mitchell caused us some problems for the first 20 minutes. They pressed us quite high and didn't let us sort of establish ourselves. Um, but what about yourself, Francis? I'll come to you next. What, did, what was your thoughts on the game? I mean, obviously, really happy. It was a surprising performance, but like in a good way because... We, we were unsure, obviously, where we were at. Obviously, the lack of signings and things when we were just talking Celtic down maybe too much and they were obviously just building up with us because by all accounts we've had a decent decent enough pre-season yeah the Preston game wasn't great the performances in Bristol City performance wasn't the best but you've got to get these performances with a new manager and a new style but I thought I was I was really happy with the, the performance like Stephen said we 10 maybe 20 minutes into the game but then after that we I say we I think we controlled controlled it for a large part and yeah, it was Plenty of guys like impressed and stuff like Abada, like he said, Christie I thought was man of the match for me. McGregor looked really good. I thought Welsh really played well, especially after the the beat on red card. He he really sort of uh, acted the senior figure out the two of them at the back with him and uh, the boy Murray and that. So I thought tactically, Postacoglu again once the red card uh, happened, he he managed it well. He, Obviously made certain this certain uh, substitutions, which we're seeing. We obviously had bad 
because he's really good into the game and obviously the, the goal would have been giving him confidence but sometimes I've just kind of got to do this. We had to try and compact the midfield and just trust the Ralston and Taylor to give us the width but yeah, yeah. yeah we, we actually, I, I thought we really managed the game well then obviously when they got the red card we really got on the front foot again which was impressive then back as his era it, was, it killed us, that goal killed us a wee bit but I think in general the performance gives me confidence <coughs> going into the next leg yeah, no, and definitely, and uh, to steal Stephen's catchphrase, I hundred percent agree. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that one of the things you touched on as well was the the sort of hesitation getting into the game uh, based on pre-season. Obviously, we were a wee bit maybe unsure about how we'd perform. Uh, the Preston game, by all accounts, was certainly a little bit lacklustre. Uh, I think we can all agree that um, that maybe set us up to to think that maybe we're not as prepared for this as we think. Uh, but like, once we came into the game, I thought we were outstanding. William, um, just coming to yourself, um, having watched the game, what, what was your thoughts on the, the performance? Yeah, I think both the guys have summed it up well there. Um, um, I was pleasantly surprised. I wouldn't say I was one. I was, I'm was. i always hopeful going into any, uh, these games. I said it in the last podcast. I'm very hopeful we'll still get the result. And we should have got the result um, barring a, uh, an individual mistake. I thought we, we looked great going forward. Um Created plenty of chances. Um, and McGregor hit the bar also, and Edward should score. He passes it back to the keeper when he goes through. I don't know what he's thinking. Um, lots and lots of positives and very little negatives for me. Um, <clears throat> I thought McGregor and Christie were um, unbelievable. They covered every blade of grass. The two of them. And we talk about fitness levels. The two were just they were running all day. Christie, and it was in the eighty something minute, and he's he's tracking back from the right wing um, chasing chasing the winger all the way back uh, in his own half I thought they two were excellent uh, I, just like Franny saying Welsh I thought was awesome there was a point well after Beaton went off our, our back four the, the oldest the elder statesman was Greg Taylor at 23 which is incredible and, and I think we actually looked pretty solid I, I don't think we we looked uh, I thought we looked better actually at the back when Beaton went off uh, I was very surprised. I said to you guys, we've obviously got a group chat, and before the game, I thought Origidis had a lot, a lot of game time in pre-season. Dan Murray's actually had a fair bit of game time as well, and he's another one. He came on, and, and he, he was excellent. And Beaton's had next to no game time in the pre-season. I thought it was a really, really strange decision. Um, but, yeah, the team. I thought the team were excellent. Uh, and I fancy us going over there and creating... Even when we went down to 10 and they had 11, I still fancied us to go on and score more goals. So... Yeah, yeah. Um, the attacking intents there, and he's he's obviously still the plays uh, there for everybody to see. I thought there was some excellent interchanging and um, quick movement and passing and, and and creating chances. Some of the little one there was like little one twos and Turnbull um, like playing it into his feet and he's we dink balls over the top for and somebody's running. There's always somebody running in behind to try to get on you. I thought we looked excellent going forward. So. Uh, I I think we'll uh, we'll we'll go over the second leg and and we should we should have enough to get through. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. I, and I think one see, of the most important things. Sorry, go ahead, Frank. What you want to say? I was just going to say, just kind of like on Christie when Molly brought him up again. There, I think uh-huh. he he was really good. Like, I think he he's still a credit because a lot of us have gave him stick. I mean, plenty of excluding Stephen. Stephen, we'd be happy. <laughs> we'd be happy. We'd be happy to see him stay if we know if we get the Brendan Rogers Ryan Christie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was actually, like, he was played out of position again, probably a more favourable position in the left, but like Wally says, he just, 
It was that engine again, like like he was under Rogers, just running about. Uh, running about. But it but, but was still good. It was it was not just running. It was good when he was on the ball. I have said in the last couple. I really think we're talking about Andrew's style, and it's like high intensity, high press, um, non-stop. You've seen it in his um, when he was mic'd up in the in the training, and he's like, we don't stop. We we'll stop at half time. We we'll stop at full time to celebrate. I think Christy can fit that. Uh, oh, 100%, I've said yeah. that he he, can, he can go all day and he can press all day. Uh, I think he can flourish under. Uh, I think that's how he likes we, playing. Yeah, if we manage to keep holding him, I think, I'm pretty yeah. sure his contract ends at the end of the year, isn't it? It's uh, not even, it's not even summer, it's the end of this year. So. No, but I think he's, you, you're absolutely right. And I think Christie was incredible uh, in that game. His, his movement, he was up and down the park, constantly running. Um, and, and it just like you said, he's playing into this, the whole, the Angers style of playing. It, it seemed to suit him at least. Uh, in that first leg, and I thought it was fantastic. But you, you, you did raise a, a, a very good point, and I'm interested to know, Stephen, um, you've been very critical with Christy uh, in recent weeks. Um, I know that you mentioned in the group chat you were you were a bit impressed by his performance, but it, what what is it you did you what did you see in Christy in this game that, that sort of is is he changed your mind at all? Would you would you have him? Stay. I mean, because you've been an advocate for him actually leaving and he's big head and all the rest <laughs> of it. So, what's your thoughts on him now? If he, if he can continue to maintain that performance, where do you see his place in this team? Well, one big difference that I've seen in his performance from the whole of last season till now is effort. There was effort there. And it, was, it didn't look like it was Ryan Christie playing yeah. for himself. He was back playing for the team. And I said to you guys in, in the group chat, if he could keep that performance and bear in mind, if he wants to stay, Keep him and give him another contract if he if he is going to produce that level level of performance. I mean, there was times when he got into the box from a couple of Adaba crosses into him, and he should have scored one of them. But again, he was getting in positions. Do you know what I mean? And I like seeing that. And as William touched upon, he yeah. was tracking back. He was moving around the pitch. I thought him, Turnbull, McGregor were fantastic. And I know you're pushing me on an answer for Christian, and we kind of you better fifty fifty here. I'll, I'll be saying like if he gives us that performance week in week out and he's committed to Celtic and not looking to move away because he's I mean that's um, he's close to like the likes of Christopher Aaron he's just left at Brantford and he's probably thinking to himself he can do that but and it's a hard one as well six months left on his contract as he pen himself into the shot window again for another move and that's being that's hypercritical there but in his performance I did think he was excellent one of the best performers on the pitch. I think yeah, so just yeah. to touch on that as well I think it's pretty telling that he played. Um, if he, I think, if, like I are, if he was on his way, then Andrew's already said, I'm not interested in people that don't want to be here. The fact that he's played in that, in that game uh, mm-hmm. points to me that, that he's in, he might be in talks talking about extending his stay. Otherwise, why would a big Ange bother? We've seen it with Ayer. He's not even had a sniff in pre-season. No, no, if you don't yeah. want to be here, away you go. Chris, has been on about it. So. Definitely. I think that one, one of the things that, that um, regarding Christie anyway, that we need to be mindful of is, like you say, he's got maybe a year left in his contract. So if he is buying into this, I think it's paramount we do tie him up because even, the, Stephen, you made a good point there, that if, if he's playing this way to put yourself back in the shop one day to make a move, we need to capitalise on that by making sure we've got him tied down so that we can get the best deal possible for him um, ra- rather than risk, risk losing him in six months' time in a pre-contract or whatever the case may be for nothing. I think it's actually, I think it's actually contract runs out. In December, and, January. Uh, I think it is. Oh, so he's already at that stage, but I, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, there you go. It, it, I think it's paramount then. If if if, if he's in Angie's plans, um, then I'm pretty sure he's agree we need to tie him down to ensure yeah. that we, if, if he is still looking for a move and he's playing himself into the shop window, that we capitalise on it because yeah. at this current point in time, especially with performances like that, we're at risk of losing him for absolutely hee-haw. Um, 
so the match itself, I mean, and, and you touched on it perfectly. Uh, I thought we we played absolutely incredible football. And, and bearing in mind, this is still early days. I think that one, this is a kind of style that we enjoyed watching um, and that we are going to enjoy watching throughout the course of the season. But see, in time, once this style clicks, I genuinely think we're going to be getting teams absolute fits or the park because I don't think they're going to be able to cope or keep up. Um, but one of the turning points, obviously, in the game for us, uh, and I just want to come back to, to some of the flashpoints of the game, if you will. Um, just come to yourself first, William. Um, we'll start with the first uh, pivotal point, and that was Beton's red card. Now, bear in mind, he was already on a booking. Uh, the boy, uh, Anders Dreyer, has tried to pull the wheel uh, out of the referee's eyes. He's had a dive in the box. I think they did they, they not call it, I believe they maybe even called it offside prior to that. Um, yeah. But either way, uh, I'm sure the Dryer's boy got booked for diving anyway. Um, but So there was absolutely no need for Beton to react the way he did. What, what was your thoughts on, uh, first of all, Beton's performance up until the red card and then his reaction for the red card and the position it put us in? Uh, well, his performance, first of all, he, he, he looked a bit shaky, to be fair. We all know it's not his position. He's been played there plenty, but... I mean, if you, you you only need to look at the first booking, and it's a midfielder's tackle all day. He's never winning that ball. Um, I don't know why he's he's uh, he's jumping into the challenge rather than stepping off. It's not as if it's uh, he's on his 18-yard box and the boy's going to turn him. He's he's pretty much near half. Uh, so that was a silly silly yellow card to give away early doors anyway. Um, the second is just absolute stupidity, and he's it's just at times he's a liability with, with, with stuff like that. The thing for me is he's, he's probably he's, that first eleven. He's one of our most experienced players. Um, yeah. He should be leading the way. And if anything, it was actually the young. It was the younger. It was Stephen Welsh was the one that was leading the way. At McGregor again, like I say, was excellent. I think he's really taking this captaincy on, and he's we've, we've t- talked about it before. And he's not a leader in the sense of Scott Brown, where he's he's harassing and shouting and screaming at everybody. He's he leads by example, and he was absolutely yeah. superb. Yeah. But. Um, I there's not. I mean, we know this, especially this day and age in football, you can't raise your hands. Uh, I know he's not done much to him. He's put his put his finger on his head, but you just can't do that. And uh, it's the contact. It's the 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 fact that he actually put like you say, he put his finger on him. Aye. That that's that's blew up. I mean, getting in getting in his face a wee bit and maybe moaning at him for doing, for diving and. Re- like reacting like that. Maybe obviously the the heat of the moment's got the better of my. But the it was the is, contact. Problem is, John. See, see if it's a penalty. Fair enough. You can go off your nut, but he's not. He's not even gave a foul for exactly. it. So why are you acting like that? Just laugh at the boy and go. What are you doing? He's. Uh, it was. Uh, he could have cost us. He could have cost us big. But I did have fears, but like I say, with, with the sending off straight after, but I thought we were still in the ascendancy and we looked. We looked great. We looked. Uh, we looked like we could score more. But uh, just I like I say, he's meant to be one of the most experienced guys. Just uh, silly, silly, silly. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like you say, his experience should have come into play and he should, he, he's, he's obviously showed a bit of hot-headedness. And what worries me is it's not the first time he's done it uh, and he's put us yeah. in a position where uh, he set us up to essentially fail. He's put us at a disadvantage. By uh, the, for, see, the previous time he's... Well, obviously we're talking about uh, the, the Rangers the game Rangers that we, game, he, yeah. he sent off. And by the way, it's like that first booking that I was talking about the other night. Exact same. That's the exact same position uh-huh. he's in when, when we played the Rangers as well. He's not. He's no. He's never a centre half in a million years. He's a midfielder. Um, his positioning's not great, and uh, he, he gets us in trouble. He gets himself in trouble uh, a lot of the time. They get in behind far too easy when he's playing. 
Yeah, you know, definitely. I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that for me, anyway, uh, and this might be a bit of a strong uh, statement to make, but for me, that's that would be his last in a Celtic jersey for me because you can't afford players to be reacting like that for needless stuff and making challenges like that. Like I said, it's not the first time he's done it. He's got a history, not just in the Rangers game, but he's he's got a history of getting himself into trouble and getting booked for, for stupid tackles. And like he says, we're playing him in a position he's no a natural... Like, I mean, fair play to the guy. He's he's, he's set him up and he, he's playing where he's asked to play, but it's not his natural position. Um, thing, Frank, I think if you're playing him centre mid, he'd probably do a job and he's a decent mm-hmm. squad player, but he's never ever... He's never a centre half in the long years, and he's never ever going to be our first eleven quality. But it's because we're we're a bit lacking in depth now. Yeah. I think he would do a job in midfield, but he's like, if we had a decent bid for him, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to him going. Neither, I'm the same. Uh, what about yourself, Franny? What uh, again? Obviously, as William touched on, his initial booting, uh, and then the the reaction after the the Dreyer's dive. What, what's your thoughts on his performance and and the reaction? Uh, I think like Willie's Willie has summed it up pretty perfectly. He is like he's one of the senior players in the team. He was in the squad. That's probably one of the reasons he was brought in just to try and get a bit of experience. But it's it's backfired. I, I wouldn't say big time because also that we're still in the tie. But it, it, that and it still did backfire. But yeah, it's it was just stupid. Nothing more. Nothing less. Just simply got involved in something he didn't need to, to get. Get like a bit like William touched on as well. You can just every time he plays in centre half, you can see he's no centre half. I wouldn't say he should like go as far as you and say he shouldn't play uh, for Celtic again, but he certainly shouldn't play at centre half again. But it's it's his default position, and he never plays anywhere else but centre half. And he's never on the bench. He just seems to be in the team. But I mean, he, he was a wee bit unlucky in the sense that the guy was practically much back in Denmark. He was that far offside, but. So we're unlucky at the extent that uh, VAR isn't involved, but yeah, it was just it's it was beat on just having one of the wee moments again. It was just silly. Yeah. I think what, what, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head as, as is William. But what my my just to go back to my statement about him never playing for Celtic again. I think that's just mm. based on the fact that as as he's mentioned, he's one of the most experienced guys, but he's also a liability and. The the, the fact he's a, he's a liability he, at centre half. He's probably not a liability at centre mid. Well, let, let's, let's let me put it to you like this then. Um, given the the strength in midfield that we've got, the players we've got, and the guys coming through, do you see him getting a a, a chance in midfield, barring numerous injuries? I no, don't see it. That's, you need you need guys. You need squad players. Are like we had Johnny Hayes. that was was never an automatic starter, but any time we played, he was a seven out of ten. Now, I'm not saying Beaton's got to be that, but you you need guys like. Like a Johnny Hayes ruined a squad at times. Just guys that are happy to be a squad player, but then he'd be a squad player and playing him out of position. But so that's what I'm saying. It's like he's no as it stands at the minute. I can't see him fitting into the midfield setup. No, enough players in I, midfield, enough depth in midfield, and I mean, he's a liability at centre back. So you, you uh, ideally you're not playing him at centre half either, which leaves him what? No, I'm not saying he should. I'm not advocating for him to stay. Like you said, if a bid comes in, I'd be happy for him to leave, but. It's, I would just say if he was ever to play again for Celtic, as long as just he shouldn't play again at centre-half, play him where he's meant to play. That was always mean. Uh-huh. If you've got to play him, play him where he's meant to play. Fair point, fair point. Um, and what, what about yourself, Stephen? Uh, obviously, as, as William and Franny have touched on, um, he's been played out of position, he's a liability at centre-half, um, and his reaction was ridiculous. What was your thoughts on it? 
I think that this whole centre of field debate needs to be put to bed because Beaton for the last five years has played as a centre back for Celtic. I can barely remember him playing a game of centre midfield, and he's been a centre back for five years, and he's going to stay that way. He's not going to be converted back up this midfielder again. I think you're right, John. He won't get in that battle anyway. There's too many quality players in front of him. But in regards to that game, William said brilliantly there at the start of the show that it left Greg Taylor at that point being the most experienced player within the, the back four or back three at that time when he got sent off. Beaton was pl- trusted to play and be an experienced player and show the likes of Welsh, Taylor, Ralston, who don't really have as much Euro- European experience as him, how to play the game, talking them through it. But the same rash moments, and you, William said it brilliantly, he caught in the same position that he did against Rangers, booking, and then he reacts to the, the dive that, is it Andreas Driver, did you say? Yeah. Dreyer, I think his name is. I Dreyer, yeah. He dived in the box and it wasn't given as a penalty. It wasn't given as a foul. It was just play on, get on with the game. And it's just, obviously your emotions are pent up. Obviously getting fans back in the ground and might have pent it up as, as emotions kind of emotionally. But I mean, it was a stupid reaction. Putting your finger in anyone's face, especially poking, poking them on the head, which he did. And European football is totally different from SPFL. European referees see that as a, a red card or, or, or a second booking, and rightly so. And I'm, I'm much agree with yourself, John. I don't think he should play for Celtic again. I don't really see the need for him. We should be replacing the likes of Beton now with, with new players. Like Urugidi could have played centre-back. Um, Dan Murray, who was far better and far more composed than Beton was. Beton played about in total 20 minutes on the pitch because he was off 10 minutes with a head knock. Came back on and he'd done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, Beton shouldn't be anywhere near Celtic not anywhere near the, the squad, but starting an important game like that, it's sole purpose for me, this is going to sound harsh, is kind of helping Abada settle in. Okay, <laughs> fair point. Um, I mean, you made a lot of good points as well, and I'm surprised you even agreed with me on some of them, which is <laughs> with the norm. But um, obviously, one of the the other flashpoints was Dreyer again, who uh, was the original culprit who, who dived uh, looking for that penalty. Um, got himself sent off and brought it down to 10 v 10 um, for another, which I'm pretty sure you would agree, or at least in my opinion, was a, a blatant dive as well. Uh, and it was well spotted by the referee. Um, just coming back to yourself, Stephen, quickly, um, do you think that Jaya deserved that se- that, that second booting? Of course he did. I mean, simulation in the game is everyone's pet hit, isn't it really? I mean, VAR, Francis said it there, that wasn't involved in, in the Midtland game, so the referee probably wouldn't have had a chance to see. Obviously, he was offside for the first booking in terms of the beat-on flashpoint. But this one, I think, was from a, a challenge or kind of a perspective challenge from Welsh, wasn't it? But you've yeah. seen, you seen the reaction from Welsh. It was far more composed. He knew he dived. He just laughed at him and moved on. And the referee came back to it and sent him off. And that's that's exactly what beaton should have done in that situation. I think Stephen Welsh, in the terms of the back four in defence, was the best player in the park by Mills. It, it was just night and day compared to Beaton. And yeah, he should have been sent off, yes. Yeah, I definitely. I would agree with that. Used, used to, Francis, William, used to, the same sort of mindset. Do you think it was a deserved booting and it was a clean, it was a clean tackle by Welsh? Uh, I, but I don't know if it was a book. I, I, I can't really... I never actually seen any of the game after it, simply because of where I was watching it. It was in the pub and it kind of got put off. But if my memory, it just... I didn't feel like a dive, but it didn't feel like a foul. But I'll trust your opinions after seeing... Maybe more replays than I have. Aye, no one's surprised was he didn't come out the second half with his speedos on. <laughs> <laughs> is that 
nine ten points for that. Uh, I, I, thought, I, I mean, I thought he was going to give me a double backflip with a pike on the end as <laughs> the next one. I mean, I think we we all seen it coming, and and actually, no long before that, he's red card as well. Um, well, you mentioned in the group chat that he's been looking for it. The referees kind of been watching him like a hawk because he, he was he a lot of the stuff he was doing was kind of sus and he was looking he was kind of just playing dirty tactics and stuff like that um so i mean I, I definitely think it was deserved and it certainly evened the game up for us um bringing it back down to 10 which i think it was uh something as well that if beton hadn't got himself sent off then we would have been in a position with the extra man uh and given the way we were playing i think with the extra man we would have absolutely annihilated him personally I think they wouldn't have been able to cope with, with us having an additional player on the pitch playing the way we were playing. Uh, and thirdly, coming to the, the, the final sort of flashpoint, it was Welsh's tackle uh, out on the outside the box. Uh, for me, was a clean tackle. He got the ball first. He did get the man after, which some guys will give it, some guys won't. But for me, it was a clean tackle and it shouldn't have been a free kick. Uh, but then there's the free kick itself at that angle, um, and I can't. It was the the Brazilian boy that took it. I can't mind his name. Oh. Um, do, do, do you remember, do, do, who was it? Evander or something. Evander. Um Obviously, he he just went for goal uh, at that angle, which itself was crazy because normally you just try and float that into the box, and 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 hopefully one of your guys gets ahead on it, and any other decent keeper worth their salt would have followed through with that attempt or shameful attempt that Barkas uh, tried and pulled for whatever reason um, pulled out of um, William when you seen that and you I think we might or well I don't know Franny might not be in agreement uh, Stephen might not be in agreement <laughs> but I know you and me have been very critical of Barkas um, this was his chance to sort of prove himself uh, it was on the European stage again. Um, this and again, for the for for Evander to take the shot the way he did, it should have been a routine clearance for a keeper. Um, he went for the ball, uh, but then he pulled out. Yeah. Now whether he he thought it was going wide, I don't agree. Any keeper at, at that level, uh, for for any club, if you think it's going wide, I know you should be going for the ball 100% regardless. And, and ensuring it definitely does go wide. None of this just letting it go because you think it's gone wide and then ending up penalised for it. But he, for whatever reason, pulled out of this. Now, whether that was the case or, or maybe he just shat it, which is what I'm, I believe. I think he's got paper wrists. And I think he, 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 he just... He, he, I don't know if it was fear or something that, that got him, but he just didn't look sure. Uh, and he pulled out of that save what what was your thoughts when you seen him um pull out and pull his arms back uh, and then that ball hit in the back of the net and it's unbelievable um first of all i agree i don't it's, it's never a foul i know in this day and age it's it's if you take the man at all it's but 10 years ago that's an absolutely wonderful challenge and uh, i thought it was harsh and young Welsh. like i say he was i think it was his best game in a celtic shirt i thought he was absolutely absolutely amazing an absolute warrior um, with regards to the uh, free kick, I mean, he's just he's the it's, the boy's obviously shot in confidence. To be fair to him, right, I'll, I'll put some of the positive stuff out there first. I thought he actually started the game no bad. Um, he looked decent with the ball at his feet and stuff like that. And but um, I, I it's just 
I don't even, there's not even words to describe it, John. You're bang on. If, if he thinks that's gone wide, it's just still, it's that close to him. And there's, I don't think there's many, anyone, anywhere near him to challenge him. He, he could actually header it away. It's that, the ball's that close to him. He could have caught it. He could have caught it. He could have headed it. He probably could have taken it in the chest and four keepy off. I don't think he could have caught it. I'm sorry, Fanny. I cannot agree with you there. He could catch that. No bother. He actually, he's he's got his hands up there and he pulls his hands. I agree you should save it. I agree you should save it, but I don't think you're catching it. It should be parrying it away. I'll say that. Well, I'll leave it to the fucking Barcast fan club then because I don't see why. Honestly, can't see why you keep arguing against this guy's I'm case. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I would I'm honestly say, I've not got to argue for his case. So. He's, oh, he is. <laughs> I don't know how I can't argue. Fanny, Fanny, Fanny's contradicting Carty at it again. No, I've just, no, just been realistic. You can't argue when a keeper's made a howler. I've not got to yes. argue for a keeper making a howler. But it's, this is, this is. Never, there's, there's, there's never been one positive performance from in a Celtic shirt. And I know. Yeah. There's a number of factors that it could be, and I mean, like, I know people argue for him, but he's, he's just, it's just not good enough, and it's cost, like, that one mistake could cost us money Absolutely. going into Champions League, and it's an individual mistake, and he's not, he's just not good enough, it's not good enough for Celtic, we should be looking elsewhere, Um, it's, I mean, it's bread and butter that, if he's not catching it, and he can't catch it, he should be punching it, it should be, it's just, it should never be a goal for there, never, never in a million years. Yeah, I definitely I agree with that, and and, and I, I think you're right in saying that uh, he's just no good enough for this level. And there might be underlying factors, whatever they may be. We've touched on it before. It could be an issue with him settling. It wouldn't be the first time players have came here with a reputation and no and no being able to perform um, for whatever reason. But I mean, I've I've seen and not just for guys like Franny and Stephen who will come in just a minute, but when when people and other Celtic fans have seen say it as well. That he deserves a chance. Anki's had enough chances for me, and and that performance. Uh, the, uh, William, you mentioned that he started the game all right, and he seemed comfortable with the ball at his feet. I think that some of his passes were questionable at the back. He was a bit unsure, a bit hesitant. Some of his clearances were to nobody. They were just some. I even remember a couple just going out, like they weren't to anybody. He was just kicking so the ball. That's for the, the point. Yeah, no, but you I. You, get, by the way, I mean. it's, it's got to the point where when he makes a standard save that every keeper should save in a granny, everybody's like, oh, he's made a save. Brilliant. I think that shows the sort of what we're talking about here. He makes standard saves and everybody gets excited. It's just not good enough, man. Nah, yeah, I, for me, he's had enough chances and I, I just don't think he is good enough, personally. Um, but Franny, this is your opportunity to speak on the Barca situation. Um Obviously, you have been kind of an advocate for him in some senses. Um, what's, what's your thoughts on that particular moment, that free kick uh, and the save, or rather, the lack of? <laughs> it was a save we've had to be in this topic chat, didn't it? Uh, or the I, attempted save. Like, as you know, I, like, I, I try and back the guy, but it makes it damn near impossible when he does things like that. Like, I don't agree you should catch it. I, I, the boys... The boy's hit a world there, like the boy's that's the boy could hit that about another twenty times and never hit it that good. He's, the boy has caught it sweet, but the keeper, a keeper in note, should be saving that. I don't, I, I'm not trying to defend him in that sense, but he can't take away for the strike. But any keeper, I don't care who you're, should be saving that. It's the fact that it's the manner, it's that it's went and it's an issue again. It's 
it looks clear as day that he pulls his hands away from it. And the only sort of backing I can try and say for him is like say like has he has he thinking it's going wide? And if that's the case, he's really his awareness of where he is in the goal is miles off then. He's obviously no aware of where he where he's actual standing, but even at that, it's and that's like, worrying. Should, itself. I, no, that's what I mean. I, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not really backing them up. I'm just, uh, it's. I don't know how. I agree. You should be dealing because there's too many boys in the road. The way the boys hurt it, it could get a touch and there'll be nowhere near it. But they things happen. The keeper can't deal with that if it gets touched. But I think that the way the shots hurt, the, the type of free kick, you should always be ready to try and make some save. They generally always will. Even if you're whipping it in and not necessarily shooting, they'll go to the back post. So it's got to come towards you. They generally don't go away out. There was never, there was no way that was ever going wide. So he's, if he's thought it was going wide, his his awareness is his awareness off. So it could just be a confidence. It could just like everything's gone from like I just as I say I try and make a case from, but situations like that just make it damn near impossible. And it's you're trying to go back to situations where you're going oh, well. He done this good. He done this good, but the mistakes he's had totally outweigh and it's but I try to do a wee bit of sort of a research on way, Celtic and stuff to try and make a case for him and like I found some mad facts which I would I would possibly question like he's he's played twenty three games for Celtic and had eleven clean sheets. How? I don't know again. And, uh, like for Athens he had over a, just over a hundred games and seventy clean sheets so it's like have they just sent the keeper there or something? I d I really don't know what the deal is and it's um, honestly, I don't think I'll be back in it. I'm, I'm firmly, well, not I wouldn't say firmly, not backing on. I'm, call, I'm, I'm calling bullshit on that eleven clean sheets that right now. All right then. Well, all right. It's well, very true, it has, it's, it's very true. It's very true, but it's very Seems true. Seems highly unlikely. I've just, I've just watched the goal about five times over again there in slow motion, and you should catch it all day long. I, I could catch up on slow motion too, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, watch, it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it fast as well, and you'll see. You should oh, catch well, it an awful anyway. Rifles, it's not. He doesn't rifle it, Franny. There's no way he rifles it. Sorry, man. It's not. It's not. I'm not sitting here saying Barca shouldn't have saved that. I'm saying he should have. He should have stopped it going out. I just didn't believe he should have. I don't think it's easy to catch it. It's not like it's just a floated and cross. The boys rattled it. Not a strike either. Ah well, I bet a boy does it another twenty times and doesn't put it in that corner. Well, I bet he doesn't have 20 times the keeper saves it. I probably, a keeper that should save it. I said that. I said, I probably wouldn't save it. No, I probably wouldn't. No, I <laughs> agree. Probably probably I just um, think, now we've all had a laugh, maybe Athens should send the right back, I say. Aye. I mean, like yourself, Franny, and, I, and you posted a video as well, some of the, the stuff he done uh, in an Athens jersey, and he did, he, that, he's that's, that's nowhere the near. That's we've got. It's definitely no. And if that was the keeper we had, we'd be laughing. But it, ultimately... I mean, as I said earlier, we get players that'll come up to the SPL and they'll come to ourselves or other clubs and they come up with a better reputation, but they just don't sell. And it, sometimes it just doesn't work for them and they can't, maybe it's the pace of the game, maybe it's the, the noise, the, the, the fans, the lack of fans. It could be a variety of different things, but I just for me, I think he, it, he's, his chance is gone. Um, but Stephen, you have probably been the biggest advocate for Barkas on this podcast. Um, and you've backed him numerous times and, and said that he deserves a chance. Are you still in the same sort of frame of mind after that game? Are you still do you still believe he deserves to be part of this team? Well, that's got a wee thing to say for you first, okay? Let's have we listen to this, right? 
Now, this is the direct quote from the internet, so it goes like this. Your right hand out, your right hand in, and shake it all about. You do the hokey-cokey <laughs> and you turn around, and that's what Barkas is about. Yo! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, ju- I genuinely believe, right? That's John getting caught. John ruined that big time for me, but sure. I genuinely, I genuinely believe Barkas will be still selling number one. Christmas time, don't care what any you say, I do believe it. I think that the free kick wasn't a free kick. As you said, William Stephen Wells was an absolute warrior all night. Best man on the pitch for me in regards to of a defensive sense. A uh, couple of interesting things about the free kick. Er- Eric Sjotanko danders over to Evander, whispers in his ear, slow walks away, two seconds later send it back on that. So obviously he's told him to test the keeper because, again, he has that reputation as a, as a keeper. He's kind of shaky, which is understandable. We've all seen it last season. But I, it's hard. It is hard to make a case for him. I, I do agree. It, it, it is hard. But you have to look at it like this. We've shelled five million, po- million pounds on the keeper. Athens, number one, was Greece number one for a while there, obviously, until he came to Celtic and can, things kind of went wrong for him. And in an Athens jersey, he was brilliant. He was in that team. He, they played us. They knocked us out of the Champions League. And the key difference is... He had a back four in front of him that was settled and they were absolute machines. The two centre-backs for the Athens that night were unbelievable. Unbelievable. We don't have that. Maybe he has no trust in who's in front of him. Never mind the centre-backs have no trust in the keeper. I don't... I mean, Barkas can't go from £5 million to Borf Silts. That, I, I, can't, I don't buy that one bit. And I would take Barkas all day, every day on a, on a Sunday, especially over Scott Bain. He has trunks. I'd, I'd see that argument that Bain's better than Barkas out the door, no chance. I think Barkas, regardless, Celtic aren't going to ban our keeper, and this whole sentimental bullshit around Fraser Foster will bring him back because he can stop a goal. He will not suit the stain of Ans Postacoglu. Not a chance. Ans Postacoglu wants keepers on the halfway line. We've seen it. We've seen it in parts of that Midland game. The keeper comes out, and he has to get involved in the play. And I'm sorry, as much as Fraser Foster's a cracking goalkeeper, he will not do that. And Ans Postacoglu isn't the man to compromise his own values and his tactics for one man. No chance. My, my opinion remains the same. Barkas will be number one for Celtic going forward. Right. So I, I just want, just my thoughts on that. Um, we do need another keeper. That's plain and simple. And I'm pretty sure we'll you'll agree we'll that it's necessary. How do, you don't know that though. And this whole talk about Foster, that again, that's just paper talk. We, we know it's pish. It's not happening. We talked about it on the last episode. If we'd like it, if it happened, I agreed that I would take him back because he's an incredible goalkeeper. He does his job well. Um, but ultimately, we know that's not the case. That's not happening. But Celtic, for me, definitely need to be in the market for another goalkeeper. And Give me a goalkeeper. Who you get right now? Go. I know that they got no players at Celtic. Because nobody knew Abada. Nobody knew Starfelt. Nobody knew that's, that's the Harfield. exact point. There's no keeper out there that we can... We don't really know that There probably is keepers out there There's plenty of keepers out there Stephen, I've, been, I've, been, I've tried like you back I agree, I think he will be our number one going forward Because I think he'll prioritise other areas But I mean, I would be happy if we went and got a keeper like. Uh, for me, definitely Obviously I disagree with you here, Stephen But for me, I think Celtic definitely need to, to bring another goalkeeper in uh, As well as strengthening other areas at the park um, So Obviously, uh, we touched on some other players there and in, in, in standout performances. Um, uh, we mentioned, obviously, McGregor uh, sort of leading the line as a captain, his first game as a captain, and uh, the performance he put in. Christie, uh, Abada's performance, albeit short. Um, Welsh, um, 
and uh, Dame Murray, when he came on, had a really good account of himself, uh, considering it was his first proper competitive um, match in Europe as well. Uh, obviously, they, they all seem to play their part. Who, I think, the sort of usual suspects, but was there anybody that really surprised you, um, Stephen, that you, you thought he, he, he put in an absolute incredible f- performance or a surprising performance that you weren't maybe expecting? Stephen Wells. That guy was immense. Uh, that they, there was obviously top performers around the pitch, but I mean, every time that Mitchell broke forward, he was sliding in, taking the ball out of nowhere. At one point, there was him just chasing players by himself and winning the ball and doing tackles, getting stuck in as a defender should be. I know the jury's still out on him, and it's still out. It is. I mean, that performance, he was excellent. And in regards to other players, I thought Turnbull, he's had an extra dimension to this game. He's tackling players, he's tracking back, which is good to see. Cal McGregor seems to be back to his, his normal self again, carrying the team forward passing the ball around it, it shows you the big difference when he knows what to do instead of trying to guess what he needs to do from a, a manager beforehand. But it's good to see that. I thought Abada was excellent. He was like an old school type right winger, taking on the player, whipping him across uh, balls and then following in shots and scoring offensively himself on his debut. Um, Christie was excellent. I mean, you know my opinion of him, but I can't really say anything different than that. Greg Taylor, solid, ordinary to me. Um, Beaton, crap. Dan Murray, I had to give a big Shout out to Dan Murray. He was far better than Beton's 20-minute cameo. I, I mean, he was composed. He found passes. He broke the lines. He t- he took the ball under pressure. And he, he most importantly defended the box well. But yeah, the, all the team, barred obviously the errors with Barkas and likes of Beton, done well. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. And that for me, uh, Welsh, I know McGregor got man of the match. And I think that was part and parcel with the fact that uh, well, he did first have an incredible game. I bet it was his first game as captain. But for me, it was Welsh uh, all day. He uh, was man of the match. I thought he took command of that, uh, the, the, the sort of defensive side of things and, and, and some of the tackles he was making were incredible. Uh, he was very, very solid. His, his timing was impeccable. His awareness was fantastic. And I thought him... And when Dave Murray came on, I thought they, they, they partnered each other really well, I thought. And considering both of them are still young uh, and it's still, as I said, it was one game, but... I was really, really impressed with Dave Murray. But another guy who kind of flew under the radar, and this was no just... When I've been seeing other comments and other people talking about the game and their the, the remarks on players was Sorrow. Um, yeah. For me, I thought Sorrow had a solid game as well. Um, he's kind of... When they're, they're talking about the players and the, the match itself, he's kind of flew under the radar. But I thought he had a solid game. Um, some of his passing and his movement was was great. And he was all over the pitch as well. He, he was uh, putting in a shift. Francis, what about yourself? Um, was there any real standout performances or any sort of surprises in that in that game that that, that you thought could do as well essentially uh, going forward? Uh, well, I think everybody bar Beaton and Barkas, I think, takes pass marks <laughs> away for that game. It's simple as that. It's, it was that, but Abada maybe would have got my man in the match had he not had to come off because of the tactical situation. But yeah, I think everybody played well. For me, like. I can't, I can't argue. If somebody says Stephen Wells was man of the match, I'm not going to argue against it. But for me, I just... Chris, like, Stephen Wells' performance surprised me because, like Stephen, I'm, the jury's still out from my thought last season. He, again, you can't have no complaints about the guy. He came in and done his job and done it well. But, that, like, the other night, he really... He came of age a wee bit, I would say, with that performance. It was, like William, I think it was William said it earlier, that it was his, his best performance in a, a Celtic jersey. And, but for me, I thought it was Ryan Christie because... He's taking a lot of flack. Again, he was playing a lot out of position last season, but again, he played out yeah. of position the other night. But he was, he was brilliant. He was coming in 
at the back post for crosses and stuff where you want your left midfielder to be in that. I just thought, for me, Ryan Christie was just, he was he was awesome. I, I think just because of what I became accustomed to last season, I was more surprised. I thought more surprised like that, but I was surprised, but happily surprised at his performance. I thought he, let's say, he put in a lot of work, put, was was yeah. running all day, showing, and but when he had the ball, he was making things happen. He was, he didn't seem like he was playing for himself. He was actually playing quick passes. He wasn't trying to beat too many boys. He, the pass was on. He was he was giving it. So I, Christie for me was the standout for me. But I think I wouldn't argue against Stephen Wells to be honest with you. Somebody said him like like Stephen said, and yeah. if all goes with Stephen Wells, I'll not argue against him. I think as I mean, well. Sorry, John. Uh, sorry. I, I think as well as you said, Christie. What I noticed as well was he didn't take too many shots outside the box. And as you said, he played the ball instead of taking the shots on himself. And he was fantastic, I have to agree. No, I mean, absolutely. And I think you, you, it's hard to disagree with Christy if he got man in the match as well, because, again, I thought he put in a phenomenal performance. And this is, a, as we mentioned earlier, this the Rogers Christy uh, is the guy that we we all loved. Uh, and he was he was fantastic for us at that period. And if you can get that, sort of, that, that form back, then... He's an absolutely an asset, and losing him would be quite a bit of a hit. So, um, William, coming to yourself, obviously we've touched on now a number of players we thought were standouts in that already. Um, but was there anybody um, that had played that game like your, like the other the same question I've asked the other guys that stood out to yourself that you thought are going to do as a do as a, a favour going forward in terms of do you think any of them can cement their place in the team? Yeah, um, just just a touch on just exactly the same as guys. I thought I've always been a big Ryan Christie fan, and I thought he was he would be my man in the match. But again, if you're saying like some McGregor or Welsh, then I'm not going to argue. I thought Welsh was Welsh was a surprising one for me because, like we've said, he's a good solid six or seven out of ten every week. But that was ten ten out of ten. He was absolutely magnificent. He, nothing was getting by him. He was just immense. Uh, like I said, he's unfortunate with that foul as well. It's never a foul for me. Um, but if you're talking about who surprised me, Dane Murray definitely surprised me. I thought he came on and he was superb as well. Won a couple of challenges and he did. Um, there was maybe two, twice I think I've seen him where uh, Beaton's foul in the first half where he tries to nip in front of the defender and didn't do it. Dane Murray did it twice in the game and looked excellent. He's, uh, his anticipation was really, really good. Yeah. I must admit, when he came on, because when when Beaton went off, I was looking for a new signing, Irigidi, or and I know uh, Shaw can play centre half, so I was thinking maybe when. So when he put Murray on, I was like, oh, and he he's looked good in pre season, but I was thinking, but he was really really impressive. Um, yeah. So it's good to, it's good to know that we're like we say at the end of Celtic's podcast, we're always big advocates of the youth, and uh, it's good to know that the youth system's still working because we've still we've, we've got a couple of crackers, I think. Uh, but um, him and Welsh, I thought, well, uh, 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 but yeah, su- if you're talking about surprising, who, who surprised me? Um, Welsh surprised me in the fact that he was he was a 10 or 11 out of 10. He was that good, rather than his normal 6 or 7, just standard. And uh, and, and Dane Murray was very surprising as well. He, I thought he looked excellent. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with Dane Murray. And I think he's one of the guys that's going to, uh, I can see him being a, a squad player definitely throughout the course of the season. Um, he, he certainly impressed me. Um, so, obviously, we've touched on the the, the game uh, and everything else. The players that flashpoints, players that have impressed us, etc. Uh, players that didn't impress us. Um, but going to the the sort of post match, um, obviously, 
Um, answered a post-match interview where he was asked a variety of different questions. Did many of you guys had a chance to check out the interview at all? No, yeah. I'll be honest, I've never seen it. I just, I've read bits about it on Twitter. I've seen it, yeah. Is that a no? You've not seen it? No, that was because the, the game went off as soon as it was finished in the pub, so that was that was it for me. <laughs> I've seen it, mate. <laughs> Aye, so um, obviously they did the standard post-match interview uh, where um, Ange Postecoglou uh, and as the media try and do uh, on occasion, uh, try and throw him like, some left-field questions to, to get him to stumble. And, uh, I thought he handled himself perfectly. Um, so obviously, it was his first competitive game uh, and it was a draw um, but they tried to draw him in on the, the, the situation where uh, Barkas failing to make the save um, and the the beat on sending off um, just coming to yourself um, first William um, seeing as you've the only person that's seen, that seen it <laughs> uh, what, was, what was your what was your thoughts on his, his comments uh, regarding the whole beat on scenario and the, 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 the game overall uh, I was I was very happy with what he's saying. I, I, he always, um, he's always looking at the positive side of things, and and rightfully so because I thought it was a really really good performance. It just and he said he said you can tell he's he's he was upset at the result because he wants to win and he's a winner, but he also took away um, the positive sides, like I said, rightly so. Uh, and not just this press, uh, this, this presser, but every presser he's been in. I mean, you know, we all know what the British media is like. They want a quote for their papers. They want to hear him saying something that can, they can twist or, or it's a detriment to the club or himself. And every time he just comes back with an answer and puts them right in their place. He's never, it's been flawless so far. Uh, he should be a politician or a salesman or something because he make a fortune. Mm-hmm. He never ever, never <laughs> ever wavers. Ah, uh, he's been good. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I thought he's he's and I thought he was spot on with his analysis of the game. And to be fair, he didn't he never for what I've seen, he didn't try to defend beat on anything. He just says, listen, this you can't do that. You can't raise your hands when it's when you're on a booking and all the rest of it. And so uh, yeah, again, massive pluses. He's, he's just very very impressive. The, the media stuff, he's just absolutely spot on. It. I think the British, well, the Scottish media have met their match for him. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, and I think one of the things for me that, that impressed me with his post-match comments was the fact that he was fully praised for the side. There was no sort of negativity. Um, he's kept that sort of stuff, uh, I believe, in-house. I don't believe for uh, one second that, that Beton go away with that. I think, I'm pretty, uh, I think that I'm, I'm pretty sure Ange had a word with him after the fact. Yeah. But he's kept it in-house. He's kept the laundry um, away in the basket, so to speak. Mm. And right. he's he's been fully praised for the guys that did play well. He's not trying to take a shine off anybody. He commented, highlighted specifically that Murray came on and done well, that Welsh's performance was great, the defensive performance as a whole was great, that players worked very, very hard to maintain the ball, even going down to 10 men, uh, how hard they worked and they managed to keep some element of their shape and, and keep pressing and, and the, their work rate was incredible. Uh, he didn't feel he mentioned as well that he didn't feel let down by any players, uh, and obviously that Beaton. I think the only negative thing he could you could say about what he said about Beaton was that the Beaton essentially it was disappointing for Beaton to let himself down. But he also then went on to say I know how much he wanted to contribute. So even even with the media, he's no like he's no just shunning the question either. Um, he, he is commenting on it to a degree but he's not saying anything negative which is something that I think is quite refreshing because if that was a Neil Lennon um, 
there might have been some stronger words said. Uh, and I think that's something that this is uh, that impresses me with Ange as well, is that he's no being negative, especially not with the press. He's giving them absolutely nothing. Uh, he's remaining positive and he's keeping everything in the house. Um, uh, Franny, I'll, I'll come to you next. Um, I, I know you mentioned that you didn't, you've not seen the post-match interview, but based on what you have heard, uh, obviously, and, and the fact that he chose to sort of avoid certain kind of answering questions in a certain way and gain the media quotes, um, he, he chose to focus on the performance and, and, and give credit to the team in their performance. What was your opinions on that? I think it's 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 brilliant. The guy's the guy has just like what I'm saying. He's got he's got the British or certainly Scottish um, media's number. That it seems he just he's coming by. He's gaining them headlines, but it's not the headlines they want in that. They're having to use his smart wee comments as headlines. So, ah, uh, it's it's really refreshing. Like like I've obviously seen we heard we and read we clip it saying that and like when asked about the beat, oh, I could be wrong obviously, but when asked about beat on Barkas, he kind of initially said that gave it the cliche. I've not seen it yet, so it's. It's just it's the old tactical deflection thing, but obviously we know, like I say, he's probably dealing with that in house. So now I've been every time I hear him, I've been really, really impressed with the guy. So yeah, it's just it's it's refreshing to see that he's obviously you can see he's honoured. He knows he knows how to play the media. He knows like obviously he's deflecting some of the comments in a sense, but to put it to a positive, so it's not because he's obviously a new manager coming in. He knows he needs to get everybody on side. He's what to change the philosophy and that of the club, so he needs to get everybody on side, so he's obviously having to think on his feet and be, it just shows he's an intelligent man that he's, he's thinking on, on yeah. his feet with these questions to not properly criticise and go in the team, so nah, how can you how can you hate the guy in the now, man? You can't, eh, man? Nah, I, I, I completely agree, he makes it very, very hard not to like him, and I think as Celtic uh, fans it's refreshing uh, for us to see a manager that's obviously... It helps um, us get on board with him as well, because... It does, honest, Absolutely. It was he's an unknown entity we about ignorance and that, but we were I can't say any of us were overly joyed when he was announced as manager, but it's he's went about that quickly. It's changing that perspective for him anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what about yourself, Stephen? Obviously I don't um, you, you've been quite quiet. I didn't hear you comment on whether or not you've seen the post match uh, or any of the, the statements that he made. But what what's your what was your opinion on uh, the, the sort of what what you have heard at least and what we've spoke about just now, what's your opinion on that? I did comment, but very, very quietly, John, because I couldn't remember all the quotes in my head. But, um, I mean, the, the one of the best things about Postacogli is, I mean, one of the biggest kickers for us last season and one of the biggest flashpoints at, at the start of the season early on in terms of the European qualifiers was Lennon coming out after the Furnace Faros game saying players went the way. You're going to get none of that with Postacogli. Although, as you said, Johnny's probably in the dressing room putting Beaton and Barkas in a quiet room until they figure each other out. He's coming to the media, protecting his players, and he's not giving the media any wee snippets of what's going on in the dressing room, any wee droplets here and there. Another thing as well, he hasn't wavered from his word that he's interested in bringing you through. And he said an interesting bit on Dan Murray, saying that he he knew himself from a post-cognitive view that he wouldn't be phased by going into this game. And I think that's fantastic. He knows his players. He already knows. He seems to know what it, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And a big shout to shout out to him as well in regards to keeping two up front when they went down to ten men and Christie playing off Eddie. I thought that was excellent. He could have went defensive, but he didn't. He, he stuck to his principles. But all in all, like as you guys have alluded to, he just gives me a feeling that he's going to protect Celtic. And he said that in his fan media press conference. Although the the comment that, yeah. that was uh, 
directed to wasn't really met with any great joy, but I think he's sticking to his word and I think he'll continue to do that. Uh, no, definitely. Uh, and I think one of them, I'm going to read this quote because I thought it was a fantastic thing for him. And, and re- again, refreshing to hear him say it uh, because he's also taking accountability. So uh, there was one point, obviously, during uh, the sort of post-match um, press conference uh, where he, he, he highlighted and he, he came out right and he said it specifically, we weren't well prepared for tonight. Um, we've had so many disruptions in pre-season for a number of reasons and we've literally had essentially one full training session with this group of players uh, and for them to put the effort in that they did tonight was something special um, there was a number of them who probably weren't even ready for 90 minutes uh, and it's his, he took responsibility in saying that it's his role to try and support them and try and prepare them the best he can for what's in front of us I haven't done a great job so far to be honest because of the disruptions we've had we have eight more days and I feel confident with preparation and the spirit we have will put in a good performance. It's on me. I'm the manager of the football club and I'm the one that takes responsibility providing support for the players and staff. And if things aren't happening, it's on me to make it happen. Uh, and then he went on to say that there's obviously plenty of positives and things like that. And he, he, he essentially commented that he guaranteed uh, they'll never be that ill-prepared again going forward. Um, I'm not sure if you, you boys took note of that, but William... Did you see those comments? What what was your thoughts on him when he came out and he was that honest with the media uh, and the fans and letting them know it's on him, he knows they were all prepared and it's not happening again? Uh, superb. If you're a player, obviously it takes a massive weight off your shoulders, but that's as a manager, that's that's your job. So uh, I think that's the comments are fantastic. And if that's the and, and that's the thing, he's only been in the door a number of weeks. Some of these players have only been in a matter of days. Abad has only been in how long? And he he put. He, I know it was um, short and sweet performance because he had to go off, but he, he was he was excellent. Uh, everybody seems to be buying into it. You see the guys, McGregor's, and they're doing pressers, and he's, every one of them's talking about how he just wants us to express ourselves. It's just, and if that's um, if that's a team that's not prepared, then I can't wait to see what we're like when we are prepared because I thought we were excellent. Yeah, totally agree. What about yourself, Francis? The, the, those comments that he made about um, I'm taking ownership, everything's on him. It's not the players' fault. It's it's, it's they were all prepared and it's not happening again. What 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 do you make of that? I just like what Wallace said. I, I can't admit to we're prepared. And yeah, I, I like the comments. Just simply, it's it's keeping the blame. It's he's taking his shoulder on the blame, and that is putting his responsibility. And you just hope the players. It looks like, but for me, that type of comment, the players should be looking at it going. The manager's not calling us out, so hopefully he's got our backs. Aye, aye, they've he's got our backs, so let's let's go to war for him. I like so I I I really like the comments from. Yeah, definitely. And quickly, what about yourself, Stephen? I mean, the, the, I did see the comment when he. I thought he was a bit harsh on himself to be fair, but again, it's refreshing to see his, his honesty in regards to being able to prepared. I mean, the fact that he even came out and said that he didn't have to just points to the fact that you guys are saying that he's all about the team. And he, he's not going to let that happen again. Obviously, there's going to be a week the Denmark. And I believe going into this game, we can win this game and have that confidence. Not that just from that statement, but just from him in general. I, re- I really do think there's positive things to come, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think one of the, one of the if, if you want to, for anybody that's listening as well, if you've not seen the, the full comments or you want a good analysis and breakdown of them, um, the friend of the show and a guest that we had on in the last episode, Tony uh, Haggerty, he... Uh, mentioned uh, that he's just take up a new role uh, as a writer for uh, Celtic Way, uh, which is a new website that deals in a lot of Celtic news, and he's, he's writing articles for them, and they've done some fantastic articles uh, post-match 
uh, analysis of that game, etc. So I definitely recommend checking them uh, checking them out. So it's CelticWay.co.uk for anybody uh, that's interested in that. Um, but lastly, just to, to move on, um, obviously uh, since the match, um, Christopher Ayer has moved to Brentford and what's believed to be a 13.5 million up front, 15 million including bonuses and hopefully, fingers crossed, a selling clause. Um, and immediately, literally hours after that was announced, uh, Starfield uh, was officially announced uh, as uh, coming in, almost like a lose one, got one type of thing. So um, what's your thoughts, Stephen? Coming to you first, um, obviously Starfield's coming in, Kyogo's coming in, um, uh, we've got Shaw, uh, Urikide, Abada, um, and by and large, I think Angie's obviously mentioned as well that uh, he expects more to be coming in um, and they're, they're still working on deals. Uh, how do you feel about the transfer activity this far and, and what what areas do you feel we, we definitely need to be focusing on going forward? Well, just about a week and a half ago when we were on with Ryan McGinley, I was berating the board for the slowness and the high slow it's taken in regards to transfer activity ever since then. I think they were listening, they've kind of stepped up a bit, but I mean, in regards to the IR first, I think that's a great bit of business. £13.5 million up front plus £15 million if he reaches the bonuses and add-ons. And as you said, John, a wee sell-on clause in there and you're laughing. I think that's a brilliant fee to get for him, especially in the last year of his contract. Starfelt, as you said, it's one-in-one-out scenario. That's a direct replacement for him. I do believe that we need another centre-half in there for just the added experience. Urigidi, Welsh, Shaw can play there. Beaton, I don't think, will feature much going forward. So you're going to need another one in there. Left back for me is a concern. I, I think we need something better than we have at the moment. Right back, a concern. I think we're linked with still we're still contenders linked with Brandon Sappy. I don't know if that's any further on. But I mean right wing, it seems to be okay. Adaba, Forrest, Dembele, left wing, Kyogo, Johnson if he stays fit. Up front, we need another striker, definitely. I think we're heavy packed in the mid midfield area. So I will focus on a striker, right back, left back, and another centre back at the moment. Okay, interesting. Uh, I would agree with most of those myself. Uh, I think a left back and a right back um, are priority number one. I think Starfelt uh, and Julian, when he gets back, uh, will shore up the centre defence. And you've still got the likes of Dane Murray, I think, who, who who could well play a role in the squad going forward. Uh, and Welsh, again, if, if these are the kind of performances we're going to get him. He was solid towards the back end of last season uh, and showed that he's capable at that level as well. Uh, I think we're all right central defence. Midfield, I wouldn't touch central midfield anyway. Uh, right wing seems to be um, okay at the minute. So I'd, I'd, for me, it would be left back, right back, uh, a left winger and, uh, and then a, a goalkeeper. I need to stress this. <laughs> a goalkeeper uh, and, and another striker because, I mean, you're still possibly losing Edward and yeah. there still seems to he's still linked to other players. Brighton's the latest one that he's He's been linked to, um, but um, I, it still it still appears to be at least on the face of it, Francis, a number of positions that that still need strengthened. Um, what's your thoughts, first of all, on the transfer activity since we last sort of discussed all this? Um, Starfelt coming in, I leaving, and in what areas do you think we need to strengthen? Well, I'm I'm happy with Starfelt coming in because the longer it kind of went, it seems like it was not going to happen. I thought it seems like maybe. That was holding up the IR deal as, as maybe getting the replacement. So I'm happy with that. Then also excited to see the, the Japanese boy. I'm not even going to try and say his second name. Because I'll end up, I'll start sounding like Stephen. 
Oh, and, uh, <laughs> I, I have you know. I have you know. I've mastered that name. <laughs> well, you can wait. Just, just before you continue, uh, what's his name, Stephen? Kyogo Furushimi. I mean, I'll trust you. I, I can. I, I'll, I'll take that. If I've taken any answer your question as the status quo where we are considering Edward is not away yet and Christy who seem like and possibly in Cham who seem like the three most likely to leave if they are going to leave but if if I've got the team as it is now I would I think we still need a right back possibly two but I'm not be greedy we'll just take one I would like a left back but I would I can accept with Taylor going forward uh, I think maybe a left winger just I know the uh, the Japanese boy can play there but uh, I think he might play up front as well but yeah a goalkeeper as well I would have maybe said a central defender until Murray the other night he really pressed me so I think we might be okay with him so yeah probably for me a, a goalkeeper a left back and a left a right back and a left wing possibly if funds allow it maybe go for a striker but a lot of that for me depends on Edward really but yeah it's it's whether we can get all these boys in in this window. It's I think I, I think it's should concentrate on defence really. They now try and try and show that up because if we keep Edward, keep Christie, we're going to be okay going forward. I think. I, I can't believe Francis, you've left me alone now on the barcast train. Thanks very much, buddy. I, I, mate, I've I've not totally left you alone, but I've signed a keeper. I would not be disappointed. <laughs> I think it's paramount but this season is far too important for us to be relying on him um, going forward and I mean if he does kind of fall and continue to uh, sort of fail to, to meet the, the sort of expectations of the likes of Stephen <laughs> then I think that you're left with being in Hazard in, in this season, the off seasons is one season we need to be wrestling that title back so I don't think that's worth the risk that's why I say that a keeper is paramount but William, just coming to yourself um, quickly. What 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 about yourself? What, do you, what, in terms of the signings we've made thus far, uh, Starfield obviously the most recent one. I leaving. Uh, where, where do you think we need to strengthen, and how are you feeling about the transfer activity? I'm very happy uh, from what I'm seeing so far. I, I don't know much about Starfield, but from uh, reports I'm reading, by all accounts, he's um, a very good acquisition, ball playing centre centre half. So. I think it's an area we need to strengthen. Um, I'm in agreement with the guys and yourself. I think we probably could be doing another one. Saying that, if we had a fully fit Julian right now, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be feeling it as much. To be fair, I think Julian's was fantastic in the season before he got injured. Um, yep. So I wouldn't be too disappointed if we didn't get another one. Although I would like us to get another one. Um, I, I, I still can't believe we've not got a right back in yet. Um, Tony Ralston shouldn't even be a fourth choice right back, never mind our only right back at the club. We've not even got one in. I think that's I think that's a position we really, really, really need to get somebody in as soon as possible. Um especially in this uh, the way Ange likes to play. Uh, I, like <laughs> as much as I'm not a fan, uh, his pre season he's been fairly solid and I thought the other night he actually did okay. But every time he got down. I don't think he got across in the box. Um, uh, he's blocked every balls. time. And saying that, I like I, I like Taylor, but he, his final ball was dreadful that night as well. He kept overshooting it and stuff like that as well. So um, I'm like you, John. Left back. I like. I, I, I think we can be doing better. We should be getting another left back in. But if we don't, I think we've got two decent left backs there. Uh, we need a keeper. Keep him right back from here the two. That's paramount. 
I think midfield were pretty well stacked. I'm very happy with midfield. I am banging on about Shaw in pre-season and he didn't even get a look in the other night and the three, three centre midfielders were excellent. Um, I on the wings were looking uh, very good uh, and I would I would like to see another striker coming as well. Um, I said about Christy earlier and the fact that he's he's been given the game time there and it's maybe looking like he's um, looking to sign a new deal. Um, I might be doing a fan here and contradicting myself. I'm not so sure it's the same, <laughs> the same way Ed, with Eddie. Uh, I think it's maybe just a fact that he's not got anybody else. And saying that, Big Andrew said, if you don't want to be here, you're, I'm not wanting you here. So you never know. We could maybe get him signed on uh, or or he's here at the end of the season and, and we'll let him go for free. But I know I'm pretty happy with the transfer activity, barring the fact that like I think if we got a very very if we got a good right back in and the window shut, I'd be fairly happy. But I think we need two or three more in. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So obviously, I think we're on agreement that there's still a couple of areas, especially the sort of right back, uh, and I think we're overwhelmingly in favour here a goalkeeper. And it's similar to last year, we were raving about the window last year, but I think it's more the fact about the players we've kept. I think uh, there were rumours that there was rumours that Calmac was going and uh, like Turnbull was on fire and stuff like that, and uh, we were worried about happened. Eddie going and Christy going. Around. So I think I think if we keep hold of these guys, which it looks like we could be doing, then it's going to be a fairly successful window. If it's totally not, agree. and and a couple of these guys go in the next few weeks, then we're really, really struggling. We need that's to get a different, that's a different argument. Eh? Aye. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, almost uh, getting towards the end of the show, and it's been quite a, a long episode this one, uh, and I appreciate obviously your guys' time uh, and everybody that, as well that's stuck with us and, and, and still listening. I, I just want to quickly touch on, we've obviously got another friendly against West Ham on Saturday. I'm just going to come round these each and just, I'm not going to bother with lineups or that, just give me a quick Good, result. That you think. <laughs> Just give me a quick what you think the result is going to be, Stephen. Two all, two each. Rani? I think a, a, a two one to Celtic. I think they'll get a win, but. I'll go one each. I don't think we'll play. I don't think either team will play. Uh, I don't strong, know strong strong side, team, so. Aye, I'm in agreement. I think it's going to be a, a, a draw. Uh, it could be a scoreless draw for all we know. But I don't think, especially given no, the fact that again. <laughs> Given that, that it's on the EVA, the the second uh, leg for Michelin, uh, I can't see us putting out too strong a team or, yeah. or asking the boys to work to the extent they did uh, against Michelin in the, the first leg. So uh, I think it'll be a draw as well. Um, I'll just say 0 0 for the sake of it. But guys, that's the end of the show. Um, thanks uh, again for, for joining me uh, and coming on and sort of chatting with us. Stephen, thanks for. Being a uh, my co-host for this episode, <laughs> Let, letting me take your I can't I believe you're not letting him away with a quiz. Won't you let him away with a quiz? Listen, I, I, it's because there's three years. Old. I, he, he'll get his come up, and he's 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 got it coming. He'll be on as a guest again, <laughs> uh, and he, he will be given a quiz. And it'll be a it'll be a, a quiz where I'm going to just throw left field questions at him. <laughs> I want to see. I can't wait to go video because I would have loved to have seen that hokey cokey on on. on <laughs> Aye, that, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I'm leaving better, it in, though. You, that, that, you that's, better that, I've, that, I've, I've got to back Bash actually sings a song about him. I wanted him out after that. That's watching. <laughs> you, that's definitely getting left in. You can, you're, you're on your own there, kid. <laughs> it's nice, Stuart Armstrong song, that's all I'm saying. No. 
Uh, but aye, guys, that's us wrap up. Uh, for everybody as well that's listening, um, thanks for the continued support and continue to obviously check us out. Everybody that's checking us out, all the new subscribers, if you're a new listener, uh, thanks again for the support. Just all we ask is that if, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, just hit the subscribe button, the wee bell, so you get a notification every time an episode comes up. Um, and leave us a comment as well. Let us know what, what you think about the, the Michelin game, the Barkas, Beaton, the player performances, the signings. Just get involved because we we, we'll, we we check the comments regularly and we all sort of engage with, with the comments as well. So we're, we're happy to do that if he's why leave us some, some comments in the, the on the YouTube videos. A uh, couple of other things just coming up uh, quickly. Um, we are moving to video. Uh, that's definitely happening. It's just a matter of when. Um, so that keep your eyes peeled because your faces will eventually be filling your screens uh, at some point. Whether that's a good thing or no is, uh-huh. is, <laughs> is another question entirely. Uh, and we may be moving to a new format as well, but I'll leave that under wraps at a minute. Um, we can touch on that. I'll let Stephen announce that as and when it's ready. Uh, but thanks again, uh, guys, um, for joining me, Stephen, for, for letting me take your reins. Um, and for everybody that's listening, um, thanks again for your time. And until next time, Hill Hill.